0: And welcome to another very, very special epic cataclysmic uh, sky is falling (laughs) as the world may lead us to believe. But we know Jesus is Lord. He is sovereign and his place on the throne is not up for election. And he's overall. So I'm actually correcting my course here for all of us who may be inclined to think otherwise. But anyways, all of that. Ignite Radio Live
1: with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, and we are back with a—I um, I could almost say—back by popular demand. Sure, our uh, Rogue the, Radio, the two radio episodes that we did Rogue, as Greg likes to say, um, where we called people and asked them the question, "What is God saying to us now?" really was received well, and we got a lot of positive feedback. So we thought, gosh, especially right now with so much swirling and Mm -hmm. so much going on – all the more reason to be even more attentive, right? And aware of what the Lord is saying. So we are going rogue once again, people.
0: So consider that question yourself, ask it around the dinner table, what is God saying? So a little bit of a commercial before we dive into this. In this season of social distance, aren't we all pining Mm -hmm. for real presence? And we're gonna continue at St. Joan of Arc, our presence for Christmas, three consecutive weeks, powerful speakers, confession, Great time of adoration at St. Joan of Arc, 6.30 p.m. Check that out at presentsforchristmas.com, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E-F-O-R, christmas.com. Now, Steph, let's see here. Who might be somebody who we think could really nail... This question, what is God saying to the world right now? Let's see here.
1: So I guess in thinking about this a little earlier, um, we've had this gentleman that I have in mind on our show a few different times. Mm. And I just keep coming back to him thinking, gosh, I wonder what he would say in the midst of everything going on. Spares the suspense. I think I know who you're
0: talking about.
1: He brings such clarity and wisdom and passion um, Mm. for what is good, true, right, and holy, and isn't afraid of the fight. And that person is Jeff Barefoot. Mm.
0: You think he's available at this time of night? Let's give him a holler. He's... uh, just gives so much. He's a leader for Foundation for Life. Um, a few days ago, he led an awesome rosary event at the cathedral. We'll see if he's in. Hello. Hey, Jeff. This is Greg and Stephanie Schleter. How are you?
1: Oh, two of my favorite people. Uh, <laughs> right back at you. You're worth two people, Jeff. You're that great.
0: Steph, uh, I'm sorry, Jeff. How are uh, you? So awesome that you picked up the phone. Um, You're one of the very few people. Steph gets sick of me saying this, but you haven't heard this, so I'm going to say it. You're one of the few people on the planet, number one, who's heroic enough to pick up the phone from Greg. If it was Steph, I would understand. That wouldn't take a lot of heroism. (laughs) But secondly, whom we know on this glorious night of God's glory and victory always unveiling, would be comfortable before thousands of people listening. So we've got you live over the radio, and hopefully you're okay with that because we thought... You would be a great one who would have some insight and thought yes, on the question: What oh. is God saying to the world today? Are you down with that? You think you can uh, yeah. share your uh, thoughts? So
2: I'm, uh, I'm on the radio, huh? Indeed.
0: <laughs> Surprise.
2: Better not tell any secrets. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, I don't know how a nation can abort. 70 million children mm. over for four decades and not expect in the hand of God to have some judgment on us. Right. Right? If if the Lord does not bring discipline on the people of this country then it calls into question the very nature of his justice and if his justice is called into question one would have to call into question his very existence. Right. And we've seen this kind of judgment happen in the country before, in 1860 to 1865. Mm. This country was not only torn apart over the election of Abraham Lincoln, but before the electors were sent to Washington, the state of South Carolina has seceded. And before he was sworn in, 11 states, well, seven had seceded. That's right. This summer, I visited over 15 American Civil War battlefields, and and very aware of the blood that was spilled. Mm. And let's be really clear why that war occurred was to defend the institution of slavery. Mm. Every single one of the state constitutions in the South made that clear. Lincoln knew in his second inaugural address that something larger that none of us could really see was going on, that it would take time to look mm. back, but he was, he was clear that the war might continue until every drop of blood drawn by the whip on the backs of the slave was poured out on the grounds of this country. Mm. The amount of people that were killed in the American Civil War, if it was looked on as a percentage today, uh, we would have over 20 million dead. Mm. Wow. What about the blood that has been poured down the abortion clinic floors? Mm. Women are no longer just going in and having the children removed from their wombs. They're now taking chemicals, and the children are being flushed down the toilet. Mm. Mm. Now, I have firsthand knowledge, direct firsthand knowledge from a welder who works in the sewers around Monroe, Michigan, and Detroit, who has told me that they are finding the The body parts of the babies and the fecal matter of the bottoms of the sewers. Mm, Lord have mercy. This is is where Satan wants life to end up. He not only isn't satisfied with death in abortion clinics, he now wants them flushed down the toilet like human waste. So that's number one, I would say, is no one should be surprised of the chaos we're now Mm. living in.
0: Let me pause you a second, Jeff, just for all of our our listeners to just be apprised of the fact that, in the words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, silence in the presence of evil is itself evil. That you're you're communicating some difficult, hard realities. If you have little ones, you may want to just you know be aware of that. Uh, and I'm I'm glad we are communicating this. This is, if you will, part of the battle. As many of us maybe are adamantly against abortion and voted correctly, but We have to articulate, communicate, ennoble, bold speakers to be the voice for the voiceless. And these airwaves, Annunciation Radio, it isn't always warm and fuzzy. In fact, as we know, the Gospels, uh, Christ directly challenged and communicated the pavement to hell. And it wasn't simply those who were against, if you will, the kingdom. It's those who professed to be in the kingdom and were against it. That's just one uh, encouragement for our listeners that we avail to the challenge. We feel uncomfortable Christ, you know, the Holy Spirit's the great consoler. Christ, to a significant degree, is the great offender. Let's allow ourselves to be offended by what our brother Jeff is saying here. Secondly, um, just for all of those of you out there who do not know Jeff, he he plays a significant role with the Foundation for Life, chairman, I believe, of the board, a wonderful event a couple weeks ago. Very dynamic night of some powerful uh, speaker, Michael Spencer. uh, You know, just rousing call to awaken for Christians again. So Jeff is consequential. He's at the forefront of some significant legal action over the last few years to try to stem the tide of the blood flowing as a result of abortion. Um, And he's devoted himself substantially uh, professionally, personally, prayerfully to this cause. Mm-hmm. So just for those of you who know, uh, the voice that we are hearing right now, all of that, and uh, of course I know him as a brother and one who digs deep as he is now into this question, and I, uh, let's keep going with this, Jeff, but just for those of you, those who did not know you, uh, I just wanted to give that brief introduction, so please continue.
2: Well, those are kind comments, but everybody knows God uses flawed people mm. to do his work, and I'm certainly in that category. So the first the first issue is that there I believe that what's happening with the election and clearly what has come out, if you're paying close attention uh, on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, um, th- there is just massive fraud.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Second would be in the body of Christ. We now have the USCCB bishops congratulating Joe Biden is the second Catholic ever to be quote, elected, and he's not elected, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into the facts on this, except to say, let's, let's take a hard look about the Catholic vote in this country. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, the Jews got the kings they asked for.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The Lord said, do you want kings? All right, I'll give you kings. And he allowed wicked, wicked men to rule over the Jews. What we have right now is a former vice president of the United States and a Speaker of the House. Now, Mm -hmm. Biden at one time was number two. Nancy Pelosi is number three in line for the presidency. We have two Catholics who their entire political career have pushed abortion, abortion on demand, abortion up until the moment of birth. Mm -hmm. And in this last election, Joe Biden endorsed sex change operation specifically for children as young as eight years old dear lord the party declaration of the democrats is abortion on demand up until the point of birth and they will expect us to pay for that now when the bishops before a single electoral vote is cast and they know the election is in total controversy congratulate joe biden it reminds me of the bishop's in England, when Henry VIII took over the Mm -hmm. Catholic Church, and only one of them stood up.
3: Mm.
2: So we don't just have a crisis in the government. Everybody that's paying attention understands our bishops are being torn apart. Mm -hmm. We have wonderful, faithful priests, religious bishops, cardinals that are fighting the fight for the faith. And inside the Church, just as St. Paul told us, We have wolves that are trying to tear this faith apart. Mm -hmm. So it's incumbent upon those that are faithful, both to the Republic and to the Holy Catholic Church. I'm a convert. I came into the Church on the day after my 50th birthday, after 30 years as a passionate evangelical. Mm -hmm. It's it's up to us to stand firm, Mm -hmm. because we will face judgment. We're going to be asked by the Lord, what did you do? in the great disruption of, two, of 2020 mm. to defend my church and my little ones. Mm. That's what we will find, and the scriptures mm. are clear. Where do we find wisdom? Wisdom is found in fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it's, it's time for us to fight and stand up. And um, Winston Churchill warned the House of Commons when the Nazis were walking across the Sudeten land, if you do not fight now, while you can win, if you compromise and allow their evils to grow, you will find yourself having to fight when you're much weaker and you mm. may not win at all. And if you don't fight then, you may find yourself having to fight to death and still lose because dying is preferable to slavery under the boot of the evil one.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: James Caviesel had a powerful, bold uh, articulation of those same ideas over uh, broadcast, uh, was that
1: probably a month or so ago? Fox
0: and Friends. It's a bold voice that is resonating and ought to resonate with all of us who are listening right now that we do have a voice. And I do think the kingdom is not losing ground for those who are against God so much as those who profess to be for God, but remain silent. But please continue. Yes.
2: Well, uh, this is right. Now, the, the uh, calling me up on an evening like this and having me beat up on
0: people. You're doing awesome. Yeah.
2: Is we have to also fill our hearts with hope. Mm-hmm. And remember, there's, there's some powerfully good work being done. Number one, you're on the radio doing this. Number two, people like uh, Taylor Marshall and Patrick Coffin that are putting together programs with uh, exposing what's going on, we're, we Christians and Catholics are being shut out of the public square, the electronic public square, mm-hmm. Facebook. Um,
0: That's true. You
2: know, we're 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 with Twitter, we're being we're being shut out, and th- they have to shut us out because their entire culture is based on lies. This fraud election is based on lies. The abortion uh, mills are based on lies. Um. The premises that a human being can change their DNA and become their own sex is a total, complete lie. Mm-hmm. Liberal communist lies in the United States of America are reaching their peak. I looked at the letter from Vagano and I said, Well, we can't, we have to act. Mm-hmm. We can't wring our hands. We've got to act. And we all know that one person gathered on the steps of Rosary Cathedral with the rosary is more powerful than every every single line politician in the country. So I called on a bunch of the pro-life people and said, look, gather as many as you can at Mm -hmm. short notice, but Esther acted alone and look what Esther did. We, you know, we have, we have faithful, faithful people. So that's the good news. We have faithful bishops, faithful priests, people that are willing to die for their faith. And um, then finally I would just point the listener's, To look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and the discussion in there, this has been going out quite a bit through a lot of other websites and blogs, the discussion of the restrainer in chapter 2 of Thessalonians, where Paul writes about a restrainer who is a person and a restraining force. And even Augustine and Thomas Aquinas both wrote that they didn't completely understand what that was about. There are many that believe um, the restrainer is the Holy Father and the restraining force is the Diocese of Rome. When those fall, when they stop their role of restraining the evil one, it will usher in the final judgment. The beauty is we know how this ends.
3: Mm-hmm. The,
2: the, the, you know, we know the glory of the Lord and he has the church has always predicted that in the time of the end, the church itself will parallel the passion of the Lord Jesus.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The church will be betrayed. It will be betrayed from within. It will be persecuted from without. Its believers will be scattered in confusion. But in the end, it will rise to a glorious resurrection. Mm-hmm. And that's where our hope lies. You know, our, we love this country. Mm-hmm. And we love it enough to die for it, but the country is not the church, and the country is not Jesus Christ. And it is time to stand up, because if we don't do it now, for our children and our grandchildren and our posterity, and for the blood that was shed mm-hmm. by our ancestors. Yes, yes. I have a 7th great grandfather that fought with Washington.
0: Wow. That's awesome. I
3: have
2: two great-grandfathers that were in almost every major battle of the American Civil War, six uncles that fought in World War II, for their blood alone, Mm -hmm. we have to stand up. Nobody is going to turn their back on a legitimate election that the opposite party won. But we will never accept lying and fraud. And uh, we have to fight. And we we owe it to, to the little ones, and we owe it to everything we believe in before... It's too late. And I congratulate both of you for the enormous work you're doing on the radio. Uh, without
1: voices like that, we'd be shut out. Thank you, Jeff. I just I want to affirm you, too, and encourage you, and um, sincerely thank you for what you're doing, because you give great witness on so many levels, but you have the, the grace-filled package, if you will, of sincere and deep prayer rooted in hope. But also just that active peace, which Mm, so many even good good Catholics, Christians, are missing. They're sitting back saying, well, it's just circumstances are what they are. And isn't that a shame? And we'll just pray. Everyone just pray. We know who wins in the end. Well, that's great. (laughs) But I don't think that's what the Lord, you know, Extols us to, right? You know, and so, gosh, thank you for all those reminders that it's yes, we know who has the final victory. We look to Our Lady who even proclaims at Fatima, right? Mm -hmm. That in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. And we need to cling to those words of hope, but that doesn't mean we sit back and be complacent. We need to be out there. We need to be doing what the Lord calls us to do to defend truth, to defend life, to defend. All that is good and holy, and it is a battle, and you know, mm-hmm. on, on in the in the spiritual realm, and as it's playing out right before our eyes, and we can't get lazy in this or think somebody else is going to take it up.
0: I often get really good titles to read from friends like you, Jeff, and often from my children. And recently, my daughter Grace had uh, read through Uncle Tom's Cabin, and I'm in the mm-hmm. midst of this right now. And there's a scene where Uncle Tom, who is of course a black Black man, and uh, these are deeply devoutly faith-filled people, and everybody in the culture there—it's an insight to the way they thought. You know, it's not simply us reaching in historical imagination. Harriet Beecher Stowe is in the time, and so you get a portrait. You get you get taken, transported right to that era in time. One prominent thing again is that consciences were very much active, even among most of the masters. They knew what they were doing was it was discordant with God's will, and that's playing out. But Uncle Tom, you. Uh, <clears throat> Among his fellow slaves who are angry and bitter about the the abuse and the the enslavement, all of that, some of them are, are really wishing hell, if you will, upon the masters, and Tom stops them, and he says, don't do that, don't ever do that, because we couldn't wish, if we knew what eternity was all about, if we knew the fires of hell and their fury, there's nobody, no matter how how bad they've treated us or been deceived, that we would wish that upon. Much more eloquent in the book, of course, than what I'm saying here. But um, I'm making the point that I think in the midst of these circumstances, God desires that all come to know him and be saved. And those who are confused right now, and acting on that confusion, those forces that the enemy has rallied, God has destined for himself. And the Um, they're not going to really know those toxic streams that have been driving this sea. They used to be just a trickle. Now we're literally, we're in a sea of it. We're surrounded by it. Takes people like you and me, as over the top as it sounds, as radical as it sounds, committed to truth, right? Committed to truth and the rule of law, a willingness to communicate that truth and the rule of law and enter into that stream regardless of what people may say about us. I think that is one of the uh, strong takeaways I have experienced in the last few, Months in this, Mm -hmm. that simply try as best as we can. I think we're learning this. Try to communicate the truth with love, always.
2: Uh, Beautifully said, Greg. And um, just two things before we go, Stephanie, to your very kind comments of me. Any anything that I do comes from first the grace of the Lord, and I believe my power comes from the confessional.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Getting there on a regular basis because I'm deeply aware of my own desperate need for the mercy and blood of my lord so mm-hmm. so much of our power comes from the confessional and the graces that are given there
1: well but thank what, you for people, cooperating with that grace jeff because yeah, again you give great witness so go ahead i'm sorry
2: people that are wondering what can i do there's there's a growing movement that just started in the last 12 hours on the internet one log off of facebook go to parlor mm-hmm. two close down your twitter account three Between November 13th and December 1st, don't spend one nickel on Amazon or any of the big box stores or big corporations. Go to the small businesses. Shut down Netflix. Mm -hmm. Starve Hollywood. And if we're not willing to give up these electronic comforts, then God forbid us. But if 73 million people did that, I promise you, (laughs) Because they're driven not only by their lives, they're driven by their profit. These are the things we can do. Mm -hmm. And I mean these are powerful things. So to the listeners um, that are hanging in there and listening to us talk, we love you. We believe you're Mm going to fight with us. And um, let's go forward and always full of hope. So um, thanks for this. Jeff, we love you. You're (laughs) amazing
0: to be continued. Cigar and Scotch in the midst of this coming very soon. Uh, But uh, we love you. Thanks so much. Press on. God bless bless you. Very powerful. I asked Jeff the question, of course, what is God saying in this world? And he has a great historical perspective Mm -hmm. and spiritual perspective. And I think the resonant theme is that there is darkness that surrounds us and trust in God and his sovereignty, but realize we are instruments of his answer. Pray to him for his kingdom to come. For his sovereignty to prevail, and we know that he has declared this, but we are instruments of his answer. We are meant to speak, and in the particular ways he just spoke, of recognizing these, you know, the stores, the social media, all of that, we need to align our human habits with the kingdom. Hey, Steph, he referred to Car- uh, Archbishop Vigano's letter. Um, if you don't mind, I happened to bring this up as he was speaking, and I just wanted to capture him undiminished, but let's just alternate these last four paragraphs in this letter from Archbishop Vigano. To us, if you don't mind, start here.
1: Do not allow yourselves to be discouraged by the deceptions of the enemy, even more so in this terrible hour in which the imprudence of lying and fraud dares to challenge heaven. Our adversaries' hours are numbered, if you will pray, if We will pray with faith and with the true ardor of charity. May the Lord grant that one single devout and faithful voice rise from your Mm. homes, your churches, and your streets. This voice will not remain unheard because it will be the voice of a people that cries out in the moment when the storm rages most fiercely. Save us, Lord, we are perishing.
0: He continues, the days that await us are a precious occasion for all of you and for those who unite themselves spiritually to you from every part of the world. You have the honor and privilege of being able to participate in the victory of this spiritual battle to wield the powerful weapon of the Holy Rosary Mm -hmm. as our fathers did at Lepanto to repel the enemy armies.
1: Pray with the certainty of our Lord's promise. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. The King of kings from whom you ask the salvation of your nation will reward your faith. Your testimony, remember this, will touch the heart of our Lord, multiplying the heavenly graces which are, more than ever, indispensable
0: in order to achieve victory. This final paragraph from Archbishop Vigano, may my appeal which I address to you and to all people who recognize the Lordship of God find you to be generous apostles and courageous witnesses of the spiritual rebirth of your beloved country and with it the entire world, non-pravel something cool Latin phrase at the end.
1: <laughs> God bless and protect
0: the United States of America, one nation under God. Powerful stuff. So, Steph, let's see here. Whom else on this glorious Tuesday night might we call? Who can give us some insight? I've got somebody perfect in mind. Who's Mike, that? Mike Bragg, for oh, sure. Hey. Those of you who don't know Mike, he's an attorney. He is an awesome uh, convert to the Catholic faith, and he's always on the front lines. He's always on the front lines with great love. He's always communicating the truth with great love, asking good questions and bringing it. So let's just see if Mike is available in our little rogue radio here on Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter asking the big questions. Come on, Mike. Be there. Michael Bragg.
1: Michael Bragg. This is Greg and Stephanie Schleter. You are on Ignite Radio Live. Are you ready for a good question?
0: How's that for pressure? Wow. Who calls you, Um, Mike, on the phone and puts you in (laughs) front of thousands of people? Can, on the spot.
1: Can you deliver us a pizza? No, no, no. That's not the question. That's not
0: the question. <laughs> How Without, are you? That would be an appropriate question. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, we've uh, we know we've had a really kind of warm and fuzzy season preceding us and up to this present moment. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. No. Prior. Who preceded you? Jeff um, Barefoot preceded you in asking an epic question that we know you'd give us some great insight on, and simply what is god saying right now
4: well i was really concerned as the election results started to come in and i actually went into prayer one morning for several hours and god gave me quite a bit of peace Mm. and he's kind of given me the message um do not fear regardless of what happens in this election and he's reminded me that the church prospers in time of persecution Mm -hmm. if that's what's you know going to happen um, over the last many years, especially over the last 50 years, we've been kind of in a time of Christendom where everybody's taken Christianity for granted, and we haven't really distinguished the message of Christ from that of the so world. And I think as we, if, if we are moving away from that into a more apostolic time, like the early disciples lived in, um, I think the message of Christ will become much more clear as long as those that Christ has redeemed, mm. remain faithful, but don't give up hope, mm. and aren't afraid to boldly proclaim oh, His so message. Good. And I think it's going to be a stark contrast. Mm. Uh, so in mm. some ways, it, be, it would come easier, in my mind, to evangelize, because it won't be, hey, we're another good voice amongst many, mm-hmm. it'll be, we're different, mm. and we're speaking Jesus Christ to a world that's
0: broken. Oh, so good, mm. Mike. That, I'm touched by you, brother. I'm touched by you. I, I want to put you on the spot. I know I'm calling you out of the blue on this Tuesday night, but I want to put you on the spot because I admire you and am led by you in your witness of speaking truth with love. And I think our listeners need to hear both of those. It's not simply, I know the truth and it's just my personal private silo and I remain silent. We've quoted Dietrich Bonhoeffer, all it takes for evil, or silence in the presence of evil is itself evil, but to do that with love which of course is the good of the other person, is a way in which we do things. You're familiar with the social media wars. I know you're not on the front lines of that, but appropriately I think you're engaged. And certainly in conversations constantly, you're doing it in your workplace and with other people. So the question is this, what are just maybe a a word or two about how to do that well? What guides you in speaking the truth with love?
4: Well, the number one thing I have to do if I'm going to speak with love is think before I respond on social mm. media, because usually my first <laughs> response is not of love, and it sometimes would we'll be a little snarky. So I don't know anybody like so, that. So, <laughs> so the first thing I use is sometimes I kind of set it down and say, I want to respond to that mm. post, text, whatever, but let me, let, me, let, me, let me wait a minute on that. Mm. Um, and then uh, the other thing I try to remember is that there are people of goodwill on on many sides, mm. and you know, I, I frankly can't understand sometimes why people have the opinions they have in today's world and mm. and why they post what they do. But I don't think many of them are sitting there trying to be evil. Um, so I have to be, you know, kind and generous. And finally, I don't think, um, you know calling names or teasing mm-hmm. or being sarcastic, which is kind of my first tendency, um, <laughs> but I, I don't think that's very helpful. Mm. Um, so I try to be, you know, more, I guess I'd say fact-based yes. and, and say, you know, and to match with you, um, many of us, many of your listeners know, I think one of the best at, at doing that is Peter Rains mm-hmm. when I read his posts, and he is just so affirming of the people he's in discussion with, even if they're a hundred percent diametrically opposed to his Mm -hmm. message indeed indeed
1: so mike i want to affirm you also um i just want to give um a a credential if you will you are a man that i know and am, am inspired by who dives deeply into the word of god and so if i may answer that question for you a little bit too i know that scripture and certainly the sacraments but you have such a great love and um openness to the Lord speaking through Scripture to you. So um, thank you Mm -hmm. for that witness and the way that that plays out in your words. Um, A little bit of a different question, but along the same lines is— If
0: you have a moment, we know we're calling you out of the blue. If your wife doesn't have you painting the kitchen and you got (laughs) paint all over you or anything like that—
4: Shout out to Sharon. No, I am actually— I'm actually in my office, you know, violating any kind of curfew or whatever that may may be going on. No, I'm fine, but I'm I'm still working. Still working.
1: You mentioned, you know, people of goodwill on many sides, and I think there are many of us out there who, when... We read certain posts that seem very contrary to Christ's message, just a real sadness comes upon us. Like, how, you know, I don't, I, maybe discouragement along with that, but just a sadness. So, I guess just throwing out for your wisdom, I know always rooted in the word, like what words
4: of encouragement do you have? I guess my words, it, my word or my thoughts are that it's okay to be sad about that, but don't be angry. Mm. Um, God has actually called me, I sometimes would get angry and I would see people post things, and they would post things from priests and other people that I think should know better, if I can be so bold mm-hmm. as to say that. Thank um, you. Um, but, but but God has kind of called me, and I've been in my morning prayer kind of, um, you know, weeping as Christ wept for Jerusalem, as mm-hmm. the prophets wept for the nation of Israel, and trying not to be angry about it, but mm-hmm. trying to weep. Um, and so, I guess I think it's okay to be sad, and and pray for them, and pray for the situation, and ask God to heal or clarify or whatever. Because uh, the one thing I've realized is that my brilliant Facebook posts don't seem to change many minds. <laughs> um, you know, so you never know. So all I can, yeah. But so so I pray and but I think it's okay to feel sad for mm-hmm. it because that's a better approach and a more appropriate reaction than, anger, Which is sometimes what we get first.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, a simple anecdote a brother of mine that I've known, you may have seen this post of mine, I've known from high school. He was the head of religion in the 80s. So I was a student and he was the head of the religion department, married with child. Discovered through Facebook many, many, many years later. So this would be about four or five years ago. Discovered that he had left his wife. They'd separated and he's now in a homosexual, quote unquote, marriage and vitriolic for biden etc he has interacted with me some might even say troll me over the last four years and we've had some decent interactions amidst it but i will just state it at times it's been difficult, it's been challenging, but he's hung in there. I had to have a post to thank him, to thank him that there's a foundation there that he feels comfortable coming to my page, that he feels comfortable kind of bringing it constantly. And there's something in all of this that I think we're all discovering of the value of authenticity, the the value of being self-present and to allow people to be diametrically opposed to us and uh, if you will to stick stick there's a value there in sticking with people regardless of differences because I'll say and I don't want you to think about this but I do think one of the reasons we're in the calamity we are politically and ecclesially is things hidden in the darkness not coming to light we we don't Communicate or think we can communicate honestly. And so there's a lot of folks who have maybe, you know, confused virtue with uh, as something of being without conflict. And actually, it's the willingness to engage in those difficult areas and stay in there that I think marks a maturing relationship and a maturing people. And somewhere along the lines, that point has been lost that you can disagree, even adamantly, and remain in a good relationship. Has that struck you at all?
4: Um, That has struck me so much, especially in this uh, political arena where we kind of started our conversation a little bit. Um, I've told uh, a lot of younger people that when I went to college in the 70s at a small liberal arts college, I was one of the few conservatives probably on campus. But we would stay up and talk and question each other well into the night Mm -hmm. over an adult beverage, perhaps. Perhaps. Underage, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, we we would disagree You know maybe all night till two in the morning but mm-hmm. then we wake up and be friends in the morning and it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't the the anger it was the questioning and the search for truth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i've noticed when i ask questions on facebook or even other people that you run into when you talk to that disagree with you people don't want to answer questions because they don't want to challenge them their narratives mm-hmm. uh, they just want to affirm their narrative so if you I won't go specific, but if you ask them a question about, well, why do you think that? Or why do you Mm -hmm. think that about this person? Or why do you believe that position? You know, they don't want to get into a deep discussion and have to deep, Dive deep into their own reasoning. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's very sad, the critical reasoning that was lost.
0: So I think we've lost no, a please. bit, uh, duly noting the excesses of, of a pub culture uh, in the past and men who would work and you know not come home but go to the pub and drink and not be present to their duties totally understand that whole realm of alcoholism. Got it for all of those of you who are listening. But we're missing an aspect of the neighborhood, fill in the blank, I'm going to call it a pub, where men and women can gather together together with a common foundation of a common land and common fundamental values and air them air them over a point, air them over a beverage, air them, uh, and, and to connect in those ways, social media is a extremely poor and artificial replacement for the pub. And I'll say I, for one, and I've actually thought about this, I know you're surprised that I, I I have some ideas about things, And but I mean, it would be really awesome if we had, say, even in our region, opportunities to gather like that and with permission to connect with others and just to talk, right? Just to represent the way you speak of, say, in the college days, which I've even Memories from Miami of Ohio in the same ways. Anyways, Mike, you've been you've given us gold. You've you've uh, allowed us to mine the Mike Bragg gold, and we're so blessed by you and your leadership and your witness, and uh, just blessings to you and your family. Thank you so much.
4: Thanks, Mike. God bless you. Well, thank you, Greg. And does Stephanie know that your next ministry is to open a pub? That's
1: right.
0: (laughs) So, God bless. God bless you, brother. Peace. Bye. Okay. Bye. Wow. I just, I love, I love our friends. I love the people in this community. This is the third episode, I should say, the third program we've done this stuff, Rogue Radio and Ignite Radio Live. For those of you who are listening, um, the first two, uh, if you will, um, programs preceded the election. And we asked the same question and called people out of the blue What is God saying? And some very thoughtful answers. I think there's a common thread, right? Different facets like a diamond, um, but it's the same diamond and it has the same fundamental. Regard for God, that He's Lord, and that we need to be engaged, be attuned to the heart of the Father, without which we're just reacting. God wants us to be plugged into him deeply so that we're responding with love. Another
1: question what are you planning on naming the pub? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we had uh remember live from Patty O'Neill's Irish yeah, pub I do. days gone by with yeah. the O'Neill brothers, which was really Flashback. awesome. Yeah. We did the, but the there twelve is... songs of faith and the project Keys to Heaven and we were on XM Radio. It was a monthly program. So I you plug? know I would like a Patty O'Neill's Irish pub, even though I'm not Irish. I may have a little tidbit in there somewhere I'd like to think.
1: So I like the idea for sure of a gathering place, but until that happens, allow that place to be your kitchen table, right? Mm. Invite people in of all <laughs> walks of life, if you will. In your kids and get the discussions going. And what an important thing, um, to teach our children, no matter what their age, but in particular, as they, you know, enter into middle school, junior high, high school, get those conversations going, teach them the virtue of good, um, conversation Mm -hmm. without conflict. You know, you can disagree Mm -hmm. about issues in pursuit of the truth, um, and it, it's not a conflict like mm. Mike brought up, you know, in in his college days, that's what you did. It was like kind mm-hmm. of the, the wrestling with, the struggling with, the understanding to kind of come out with... Um, a greater clarity, if you will. And and friendship was built upon that. And now it's like, unless it's this or this, Mm -hmm. there's no meeting in between. And complete disregard for the human person. And isn't that how Satan loves to work?
0: I got another proclamation with our beloved neighbors across the street. They were first to put up their Biden signs. And prior to that time, they are people of color, if you will, or whatever terminology we're supposed to use. Didn't matter. Uh, We greeted them, welcomed them our daughters made chocolate chip cookies for them I went over there uh, a number of times and even you know shared our faith together um, they they have grandkids so their kids are older and one of their their sons was over who has been in a difficult relationship with a child from that and his honesty their candor about talking about that and uh, the mom and dad uh, again our neighbors speaking just openly and frankly and honestly we prayed together we prayed over each other it was really an awesome connection that remains even now, and as we would continue to interact throughout our neighborhood, um, you know, those relationships have been built up. So when these signs went up in the yard, they put up their Biden signs. And then I want to say the same day we had put up our Trump signs. And I have to say, I was reluctant, not because of where we stand, but I was reluctant because of the false narratives associated with that symbolic world that, you know, those who support Trump are racist and that whole realm of other things that we've had to deal with. And I think communication requires not simply... You know, um, saying words or ideas but understanding how do other people interpret that. So I will say that once we put up our Trump signs, I wrote them a very nice note. I wanted to speak to them personally but um, they have very busy lives and schedules. They're up very early and gone and it's it's difficult and uh, I sent them a note just conveying my profound regard for them. I said love for them, appreciation for them and uh, would love to have an opportunity to talk about those things but knowing that what unites us at the foundation is far greater than what divides us and I know that that was very meaningful to them. So those of you um, who are out there, it's hard to demonize somebody who you are personally connected with. You know, it's easy to do it through social media, demonize people, but it's very difficult when you hear the warmth of a voice. It's difficult when you are face to face to to see their humanity, to experience them. And I'm going to say invariably we do discover that foundational fabric of our nature in God. It just kind of comes out. We realize we've got a, you know this battle on this earth of just survival and jobs and work and kids. We share a wide range of fundamental values, and uh, they really do unite us. So, yes,
1: yes, and yes. But I just feel on my heart, um, just to offer some words of encouragement where that's not the case— regardless of relational currency or, you know, face-to-face connection. I know we have heard stories um, from close friends and uh, other people in our lives where literally family relationships have been torn apart um, Mm -hmm. because of this election, if you will. And um, not on both sides where it's like, forget you, I'm out of here. You're this, you're that coming from both sides, but usually it's, one side Mm -hmm. you know if you vote for this person there's no way we can continue Mm -hmm. you know relationship or just that you know drawing the line in the sand or just the yuckiness that has come out that satan has really used right Mm -hmm. so um yes we've been blessed you know in different conversations with different people in our lives but i just have a heavy heart for um people that we know And many, many others I'm sure that you, our listeners, know, and maybe you are one of those people whose family has just not Mm -hmm. gone there in a Christian way and are done, you know, and where there's been significant hurt. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just to pray into that, to turn to the heart of Jesus. Mother Julia, um, whose uh, life is being looked at for... um, What's the word I'm looking Sainthood, for? Sainthood, the first Sainthood, step. Sainthood, yes. Yeah. Um, to see if there a case can be opened. Um, she's the foundress of the spiritual family, the work, a beautiful order. We mm-hmm. had Sister Josephine on as one of our callers a couple weeks ago. Sister Josephine. That is her order. Um, but Mother Julia said, um, our bunker is the sacred heart of Jesus. Mm. So in these, these times, especially those of you struggling with different family issues, um, because of the election, because of pro-life things, because of um, you know what marriage means to other family members, um, turn to the Sacred Heart. Let that be your consolation. Unite your sufferings with His, and know that that is a safe haven. Isn't that a beautiful quote, though? That
0: is absolutely. Our bunker is the Sacred Heart. A beautiful quote, folks. You're tuned in to Ignite Radio Live. We're calling it Rogue Radio because we're just identifying people and calling them out of the blue. And asking them the epic question, what is God saying right now? And I would submit to you that the first place for that is our spouse and under our roofs, as Stephanie said, in our homes. And a little bit of a commercial again. We're so excited, particularly in the season of social distance. Which of us aren't pining For divine presence, for that warmth and familiarity, and uh, just connectivity with real human people. Well, we've got a great opportunity coming up in the season of Advent called "Presence for Christmas." We've done this for seven years here in this region, and what is that? There are three consecutive weeks on Wednesdays, 6:30, Saint Joan of Arc, with a powerful speaker each night uh, in the church, followed by this awesome experience of praise and worship in the presence of Jesus at this thing we call call a burning bush. Those of you who've experienced this just know the beautiful solemnity of this, that we bring these candles forward to this pyramidical structure, which represent our lives. We set them around this structure, and then the priest processes, puts the monstrance on top of this burning bush, and the lights go out. And you have the focal point then of hundreds of candles surrounding this on this burning bush, illuminating Jesus illuminates us. Just picture that. And united with others, socially distanced and all of that, um, but in worship and in praise and great prayer. So I do invite you to join us. It's absolutely free. We do ask that you register just so we can be in touch with you if there's snow. It's hard to imagine that on beautiful days like right now in this odd Indian summertime. But um, register presenceforchristmas.com, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E-F-O-R-Christmas.com. Dot com.
1: And um, there are confessions each night also. So um, just to add to that richness of the evening. Okay, so we were blessed with Jeff and Mike, two awesome Catholic men of God sharing with us great wisdom and um, words, I believe, truly from the heart of the Father. I'm thinking we need a little bit of that feminine genius going
0: on. Yep. So let's go go through this and see. This is the way we get them easily, is people who are online or up with Facebook. And that doesn't mean they're logged in, it just means they're maybe computer or phone up. So folks, we got you live, Rogue Radio, Ignite Radio Live, and we're just identifying people out of the blue. let's Take a look here. staff. who do you think you I pick?
1: see CC Christofferson.
0: Indeed. They yes. moved though, which they is. They did. Thank goodness give us for perspective for <laughs> another part of the country. Yep. Let's well, do it. Let's, let's see give if she's this around. a shot. All right. Let me just click on the call button here. Come on, Cece.
1: Hello. CC Christofferson. This is Greg and Stephanie Schleter calling from Ignite Radio Live. How are you? I'm great.
0: So I've said this to others, and you know, for our listeners right now, I know that it's getting old, but I'm saying to you, because it's new, you're heroic to pick up the phone, first of all, from me, uh, wondering what that will be about. But secondly... That you're in front of thousands of listeners, and we know that you would be a perfect one to answer the question, what is God saying right now? Are you down with that? Are you okay? You can hang up if you want. I understand.
5: (laughs) I'm great with that.
0: Awesome. For our listeners, wonderful, beautiful Catholic family. Used to live in the Toledo area. Foster parents. My heart has been moved innumerable times by you guys. You and your husband and your formation of your children and forming them in the faith. You've been a great witness to us. And -hmm. just the magnificent stories. We're going to do a radio program story on the Christoffersons at some point. But by God's providence, he took you to a different part of the country. Where are you guys now?
5: We are in Charlotte, North Carolina.
0: Okay. Well, Cece, lay it on us. What is God saying right now?
5: You know what? It sounds really strange, but what popped into my head is um, the three-legged race. I don't know if you guys have ever remembered doing that when you were kids. For sure. And you, um, you have a partner with you, right? Yeah. And you need to tighten it up really tight and you have to work together to get to the end.
1: Mm. Love the image.
5: Um, I was thinking about that with, with Christ. We mm. have to be so tight with Him. So mm. good. We, right now we need to tighten up our prayer life big time. So mm-hmm. we, we have to be in sync with Christ. He's leading us right now. And we're going to win, but if we're not tightened up, we're going to fall down, right? Mm -hmm. If we're not in sync with Christ, we're going to fall down and crash and burn.
0: I love that. Cece, so beautiful and powerful, uh, incisive. I want to press you while I have you. If you have a brief moment, I know I called you out of the blue. Are you okay with just one more moment? Sure. So you and your husband get the heart of the Father. Uh, You get to share in his parenting heart and mind not only with your own biological kids, but with foster kids, you get empathy in reaching to those who are in difficult circumstances and caring for them in that very difficult situation where you bring them into your home and you're you're battling with those home cultures of other people. You get the reach. There's a quality here that I want our listeners, maybe for all of us, to grow in all the more, and that is that empathy at the heart of love that John Paul II speaks of. You know, How might you encourage us to maybe, uh, how important is that for us to have right now in this country? I'm going to rephrase that and cut it out. How important is that for us as God's people to acquire that quality of sort of a a, a paternal, heart of the Father, empathy for the world around us? What does that look like?
5: Well, I know in foster care, you're dealing with children, and children are so easy to love, right?
1: Mm, Right, (laughs) Mm. right, (laughs) right.
5: (laughs) And— that requires, uh, it doesn't take a lot to love them. It does mm. not take a lot. It does take some strategy. I remember dealing with one of our foster children who every time it was time to leave, he would take off and run. Mm. I could be frustrated and you know, just throw my hands up and yell at him or, and say, get over here. Or I could go find him. Mm. And that's what I would have to do. I'd mm. have to go look around the house um he'd have certain hiding places and go find him and then make it fun to get back to the car you know, get to the car <laughs> wherever we are going. Hmm. I had to look for him. And he wanted to be found. That's what was interesting. That's he awesome. always wanted to know that it was important that he was found. I couldn't do like I did with other kids where I'd say the car's leaving. Bye. Right. right. <laughs> That's a beautiful go image. Go. So I don't know how we extrapolate that to adults. Oh, but we goodness. Have to
0: look to- that is so rich. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. think all of us made in the image of God, it struck me immediately, you know, made for his indwelling spirit, no matter what level of clarity we have or debris, and we've all got the debris, different degrees, at the heart of that. Which of us isn't yearning for intimacy, as you say, to be found? And if we're kind of putting people in a category where we've already written them off, if you will, if we've disregarded that in spite of how they're acting, right, in spite of what they're doing politically, ecclesially, or, or morally, uh, if we've written them off, we're, we're depriving, if you will, not only them from maybe knowing the love of the Father through us, but we're depriving ourselves of what um, uh, is the building blocks of a meaningful relationship, the one-year, five-year, ten years down the road, where those very same little souls, maybe adult souls right now, might actually say, hey, you stuck with me. You, you didn't stop seeking me. You didn't stop, you know, inviting me to know you and, and to find him. I mean, that's where I go with that. I mm-hmm. presume that you were reading all that into it, but that is very powerful. Very beautiful.
5: No, I wasn't, but thank you
0: for <laughs> that. that so we're a team. In the three-legged race, <laughs> CC, <Cece, laughs> love to you and your family. Very beautiful response. And thank you for your words. Know of our continued yes. thoughts and prayers for the Christoffersons. God bless you guys.
1: You. Bye bye. So just very moved by the richness in that simplicity. The two analogies, right? The three-legged race that we need to be tightly mm-hmm. right in there, going ahead with Christ, mm-hmm. right? Like, there is no other way that we're not going to stumble. Like, we can't do it on our own. We can't look to somebody else. We can't keep looking behind us or to the side. Mm -hmm. It's like tie yourself closely with Christ Christ. and just race ahead Mm -hmm. and know that all that awaits on the other side, if you will is awesome, right? That's where our hope Mm -hmm. is. Christ already claims the victory, but we still have to do the work with him to get there. We can't be complacent and sit back. And then also just the um, beautiful analogy she gave with her uh, one foster child who would go and hide, you know, and when you pose that question about the culture around us, you know, those... um, that it's kind of hard to be empathetic toward or to, you know, kind of get on that same page with. But what a beautiful reminder that Cece gave us that, you know, just as her foster child, really, even though he ran away, he wanted to be found. Mm-hmm. And isn't that true with all of us in some realm, some more glaring than others, but that our hearts are restless until they rest in Thee, O oh God, right? Mm-hmm. And we're called as the people of God um, to to seek others out who are kind of lost right and and to to find ways to try to pull them back mm-hmm. and it's always out of love and in love and that's i love i mean just Again, just real simple things, but so profound and rich and great reminders to us, right? Um, What were we going to say?
0: So we need to land this, and I wanted to segue from the wonderful words you're sharing as we end this program tonight about being sought after and our God wanting us to be found and to find him. To set the stage for the final commercial and invite, what's coming up in December, Stephanie?
1: So, in case you missed the two other shout outs <laughs> commercials in this um, show of ours, this Rogue show, we are so excited to be preparing for and praying into um, our upcoming Advent adventure, um, mm-hmm. presents for Christmas at St. Joan of Arc Church here in Toledo, Presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E-F-O-R, Christmas.com, you'll find more information about. But just leading up to Christ's Mass, three Mm. Wednesday night opportunities, 6.30 p.m., to just go deeper, to go deeper, to go deeper, Mm -hmm. to go deeper, to in this time of social distance, that presence in front of our Lord there is no social distance there with our mm-hmm. Lord, right? And so each night we'll have a, a different speaker.
0: Peter They'll... Herbeck, Stephanie Schleter, Dan Dematte.
1: There'll be awesome worship, um, music, praise, prayer. There'll be confessions available. Mm-hmm. And what we love so much about um, these nights, too, is just the opportunity to bring forth a, a, our candle, a candle that mm-hmm. you'll be given to place on the burning bush, a pir- mm-hmm. pyramidal structure, that um, the presider will bring the monstrance containing the body, blood, mm-hmm. soul, and divinity of Christ and place on top there and just to come and lay everything down before him and you know that's where everything kind of melts away mm-hmm. as we become you know just um absorbed into his presence and in that community and the opportunity for prayer and um so, yeah, we're excited about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think Advent is that season that so quickly comes and goes because of the craziness of Christmas, whether it's shopping or baking or decorating, and it's easy to lose sight of, okay, why are we doing all of this, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's an opportunity um, that we often look more toward Lent to, but we're given this great gift of Advent to take the time to be still, to, to go into um, these weeks that lead up to Christmas as Christmas. Quickly as they pass, but just to grasp and embrace the great graces mm. that the Lord desires us um, to receive, and to just sit with Him in that.
0: You are so good. Oh, Will you marry me? My goodness! Now oh, that we have seven children, I love you. Wow! <laughs>
1: yes, over and over and over really and over. Need and over a radio again.
0: program someday in yeah. a
1: pub no. and a yeah pub. exactly
0: we'll do that folks so blessed that you're with us F- uh, family radio live what am I talking about <laughs> I don't know Ignite <laughs> Radio Live the over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio and throughout the world find out all of our episodes at igniteradiolive.com It'll be very moving and encouraging and, you know, probably challenging also. But that three-legged race, awesome image, cc for us to be thinking and going forward, being tightly connected to Christ and all those who are kindred with Christ with a heart of love for the world, for every single person. That power of love probably derives from some popular song is a curious thing. I'm going into the lyrics. Never mind. That power of love. <laughs> is conquering. The power of love is healing. The power of love is transforming. It is wedded to truth. There's no love without truth, and there's no truth without love. i leave us with that thought tonight. God bless you. Until next time.